Tommy Burke is about to discover a very special house in Chapter 3 of The Sweet Ride. Apple Street was three streets up the hill from where Tommy's grandparents lived. It was a newer street extending along the middle of the hill to the left off Market Street, which ran in front of the Conover home. One of Tommy's customers lived three doors up Apple Street on the right side. The house belonged to a family named Brown. Tommy cut the yard at the house. His long legs made short work of the task. His grandfather had a golf cart, and there was a hitch to a low, light-duty trailer. Tommy used the cart and trailer to haul the mower, gas can, and weed whacker from one customer to another. He had been carefully instructed by his grandfather in the operation of everything, and because all of his customers were in a four-block area in their section of Clearhaven, it was relatively safe for him to drive the cart from one place to another as long as he obeyed traffic laws. Being a small town, Local police tolerated such activity. After all, the boy's father was a war hero. The flag, patriotism, and religious beliefs were quite real to the people of the community. The cynicism found in other parts of the country did not exist in Clearhaven. Apple Street went around a curve beyond the Brown residence, and one early August afternoon, Tommy decided to drive further up the road to see if there were other potential customers there after he had finished his work. As he rounded the curb, he didn't see any houses. The pavement ended, and the street continued as a dirt road into a wooded area. The weather had been dry. The dirt wasn't muddy. Nevertheless, Tommy decided not to drive the cart and trailer on the dirt. He parked just off the road in low grass so that anyone who drove down the road, would not be hampered by his equipment. Tommy had walked about a quarter mile when he rounded another curve and saw a driveway on his right. It was a dirt lane. There was a mailbox by the road, but there was no name or number on it. On impulse, he walked back the lane. He had walked about three-tenths of a mile when the trees opened up and he saw a house in a clearing. It was a white, two-story clapboard house with a deep, wide front porch. The drive continued by the house on the right side, leading back to a one-story, two-car garage. The garage door was open, but there was no car visible. A voice said, Hello, and it startled him. There was a man sitting on the steps of the front porch. He had not been there in the first moment when Tommy saw the house, but he was there now. Tommy walked over to the man and stopped on the sidewalk. Before he could say anything, the man said, Thomas Burke, I presume. Yes, sir. How do you know your name? The man said, finishing his sentence. He looked young. He had brown hair and eyes. He wore a blue denim shirt and bib overalls. You look like your father. The man reminded Tommy of someone, but he knew that he had never seen him before. So he asked, What's your name, sir? Polite? I like that. Too many young people are no longer polite these days. Good manners show good breeding. Respect grows where it's planted. As to my name, please call me Reynolds. Tommy thought this was a strange thing to say. The man looked like he was in his twenties, but
but being respectful, he asked, Is that your last name, sir? No, but that doesn't matter. May I call you Tom? Yes, sir. This way, we can be on a first-name basis, the man said. Sir, I was taught to address adults as Mr. or Mrs. I feel a little funny calling you. By my name? It doesn't bother me, Tom. When you get to be a certain age, it becomes irrelevant. Besides, if we are going to be friends, we need to refer to each other as Tom and Reynolds. Now, I assume you came here to ask me a question. Yes, sir, I started a lawn service this summer. I'm out seeking new customers. Do you need your yard cut? Tom asked. Look around you, Tom. What do you think? Tommy looked around. The yard in front of the house was obviously quite healthy, and it was a bit long. From where he stood, he saw that the house had a shallow backyard because the garage backed against the tree line, and the hill went steeply up from that point. The yard wasn't deep or wide, but it was in need of attention. I'd say that it could use a cut and a trim. I have my own equipment. It's just down the road from here. I could go get it and do the job fairly quick for you, sir. Then you best get to it. I agree the grass is a bit long, the man said. Aren't you going to ask me the price, sir? I want to be sure it's all right, Tom said. I wish you would stop calling me sir, Tom. There's no need to be formal here. I always thought to respect others. It's difficult for me to call you by your first name. My dad, I understand, Tom. It's okay. Your dad is like you. He has the same way of standing and speaking. And it's not necessary to, Tom blurted out, My dad is dead, sir. There was great pain in Tommy's face when he said this, and the man spoke softly to him. I know, I understand, it's okay. I'm sorry if I said something to hurt you. Why don't you go and get your mower and cut the yard? The price doesn't matter. I'll wait right here. Go on now. Get your mower. You have a new customer. Tommy felt embarrassed. His face was red. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I said it's all right. Get your mower. The yard could use a cut and a trim. While you're getting your mower, I'll get her some iced tea. It's warm today, don't you think? Yes, sir. I'll go get my mower and be right back. Tommy swung around and went back down the driveway to the dirt road. He walked to his golf cart, started it up, and drove back the road and up the lane to the house. He parked in the driveway, lowered the ramp, and backed the mower down onto the drive. He started the mower, cut the yard, and then he got his weed whacker and did the trimming. The job took about thirty minutes. When he finished, he put his mower back on the cart, fastened the weed whacker with a bungee cord, and wiped his brow. He turned and saw the man standing on the porch. I've got nice tea, Tom. You look like you could use it. Can you spend a few moments before you have to go home? Yes, sir, Tom said. He mounted the steps to the porch. There were two wicker chairs by a low table, and there were two glasses of iced tea on the table. He sat down in a chair, picked up a glass of tea, and took a drink. The taste was wonderful. This is really good. What's the flavor? Raspberries, the man said, smiling at him. My favorite, Tommy said with a smile. I know, the man said. But how could you know that, Tommy asked. The man's smile disappeared. He looked serious. Your father loves raspberries just like you do. Tommy's mood changed instantly. 
He's dead. My father is dead. Gone. Why do you keep talking about him as if he was alive? I'm sorry, Tom. I don't mean to upset you. It's just my way of speaking. Please, forgive me. Tommy fought to control his emotions. I'm sorry. You said you knew him. Do you remember what he was like? Yes, I do remember. He was a lot like you are now, but I have no desire to upset you more. I see how much pain this causes you. I won't talk about him any more. It's hard, sir. It's really hard for me. I miss him so much. That's why I work so hard. I don't want to think about him. It hurts too much. I understand. Now, you did a great job in the yard. What do I owe you? Well, it's not that big, sir. The whole job only took a half hour. Let's make it twelve dollars. If that's too much money, I can charge you less. That's more than fair, Tom, considering the cost of equipment and fuel. Here, I hope you don't mind being paid in coin. The man handed him twelve silver dollars. They looked old. Tommy looked at them in wonder. These are silver dollars. My dad had a few of them. I've never seen so many. Would you rather pay me in cash? No, I always pay smaller transactions in hard money. Now I have some things to do. When you come this way next week, please bring your equipment again. The grass will be growing. It has a way of doing that all the time. It's good to meet you, Tom. The man stood up and extended his hand. Tommy reached out and took it. When he gripped the man's hand, it felt familiar to him. That was a strange thought. Thank you for the business, sir. I'll see you next week. You're welcome, Tom. See you soon. With these words, the man walked to the front door, opened it, and went into the house, closing the door behind him. Tommy went to the golf cart, got in, and turned it around and drove down the lane. When he got home, he plugged the golf cart into the outlet in the garage and went in the house. He went to his room and took the silver dollars out of his pocket. He spread them on his bed. They were old. The dates on them were from the 1930s and 1940s. He gathered them up and put them in a shoebox in his closet. He wanted to keep them instead of spending them. It was supper time. Tom went down the stairs. The fact that he had met someone who had known his father was both interesting and painful. He did not want to think about it, and he resolved to keep it to himself. He was afraid that if he mentioned it to his mother or grandparents, they would start talking about his dad. He would see the man again in a week. Perhaps he would find the courage to ask him more questions then.